Welcome to Let's Chat, a weekly podcast dedicated to discussing the Sunday Sermon from Asbury Church in Wichita, Kansas. You are invited to join the discussion on the Sermon Discussion Facebook group page. This week, Asbury Senior Pastor Rick Just will be talking about his sermon, What Are You Discussing? from Luke 24, 13-32. Thanks for listening. Well, hello folks. Here we go. We are beginning something a little bit new today with regards to the Let's Chat. In the past, we have been uh, doing a little bit of a video, sometimes with Nathan, sometimes with Susan, sometimes with both of them, with Sarah recording and uh, being available on the Sermon Discussion page on Facebook there at Asbury Church. And uh, today, we're going to move it into a podcast, audio only, uh, that we can offer it to you that if you're outside working, whatever the case may be, you might have your phone with you. You can just uh, turn it on and listen to a few thoughts that I may happen to have regarding the previous Sunday's sermon. So, hey, I am Rick Just, Senior Pastor here at Asbury Church, and we are beginning the first podcast of Let's Chat. Uh, My mom, my wife, uh, those who know me know I don't have any problems chatting. And so let me just share a few thoughts with you today as it relates to uh, the past sermon. I want to set the table just a little bit, though, for those of you who maybe have not uh, been listening before. On Easter, I talked about uh, the resurrection, the stone being rolled away, uh, the fact that Jesus' body was gone, all of this happening after just a, a terrible time with regards to those that saw Jesus being crucified, taking his body, placing him in a tomb, and so forth. Night had come, and then I preached a sermon called, Then Came the Morning, and everything changed. Everything changed. The tomb being empty, the stone rolled away yet not everybody being able to understand it, but they knew something was up. Well, I got to thinking about that sermon and thinking about the things that have happened between that particular moment of the resurrection to the moment of Jesus' ascension and actually the coming of his Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. And so I thought, well, let's, let's deal with some of the things that are happening in between that time period. And so uh, I've entitled a series for six weeks, uh, Questions That Demand an Answer. As I was looking through the various gospel accounts, I realized that Jesus asked a lot of questions as he would appear just sometimes out of nowhere in, in, in the midst of those who were either hiding in fear or who were trying to make sense of the situation or whatever the case may happen to be. And I thought, boy, those questions that he's asking are questions that he's asking us as well here, not just for the disciples of the day. So we're, we're going to kind of move into that. Uh, last week I preached a sermon, a week ago Sunday, I'm sorry, I preached a sermon called, Why Are You Crying? That was a question that Jesus was asking Mary outside the tomb. And, uh, and, and just the whole struggle that she was having as Jesus appeared to her and she didn't recognize him for who he was. And when she was called by name, when Jesus called her by name, Mary, her eyes opened up and her life was turned around and And my goodness, that's what happens when Jesus calls us by name. We have to realize Jesus calls us by name. This past Sunday, I preached a sermon from Luke 24. And really the verses that you need to read are verses 13 through 35. Luke 24, 13 through 35. This incredible story 
of this couple who are walking down from Jerusalem to a village called Emmaus. And the title of the sermon was, What Are You Discussing? So that's the second question as we move into this series and as we talk today. Now I want to, I want to begin by reading from uh, N.T. Wright, incredible scholar, biblical scholar. And here's what he has to say about this passage, Luke 24, 13 through 35. Uh, when he, in his commentary, he breaks it into two, two parts, uh, but I'll, I'll just read a little bit of what he has to say about the whole thing. <clears throat> At the level of drama, it has everything, meaning these, these verses, sorrow, suspense, puzzlement, gradual dawning of light. Then, in the second half, which is actually uh, from verses 28 on uh, to 35, in the second half, unexpected actions, astonished recognition, a flurry of excitement and activity. It is both a wonderful, unique, spellbinding tale and also a model, and Luke surely knew this, for a great deal of what being a Christian from that date to this is all about. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, here, here's the deal. I mean, we as Christians can relate to these two who are walking. If you don't know the story... It says, now on that same day, it's the same day, the same resurrection day, the day that uh, the women found the stone rolled away and so forth, these two people are walking down from Jerusalem. Going down from Jerusalem, you go down no matter which way you go, it's up on a mountain, and as I said in the sermon, it matches their mood, they are discouraged, they are downcast, uh, they are struggling, they are somewhat depressed, they're trying to make sense of all that had happened, they'd heard, they'd heard uh, even that day that that the stone had been rolled away and the body was gone, and they're trying to figure out what in the world is happening here. So they're walking down from Jerusalem, okay, on their way to Emmaus, a city uh, which Scripture says is around seven miles to the west, a village called Emmaus. Now, it's interesting, this walk to Emmaus. I've mentioned before that I've been involved in, in, a, in a spiritual formation known as Walk to Emmaus, for many, many years, where people come together for 72 hours and are just blessed by the presence of God. All of a sudden, he shows up. Jesus shows up. And some days it's, sometimes it's the first day. Sometimes it's the second day. Sometimes it's the third day. And sometimes it's not till after they've reflected on their experience that all of a sudden there's this aha, serendipitous moment. But it's, it, it's a gradual thing so often, this Emmaus Road experience. It's, it's in contrast to Paul in Acts chapter 9 where he has this incredible uh, Damascus Road experience where Jesus shows up and boom, the light flashes and, and Jesus confronts him. Why are you persecuting me? And, and all of a sudden, Saul at the time, his life is turned upside down right now. I mean, he has a transformative experience and his life is just turned upside down. For most of us, it takes a little while. Why? Because we find ourselves much like these disciples. They're discouraged. They can't figure out what's going on. They don't understand. And my goodness, how many of you fully understand what's going on out there? How many of you who even claim to be Christians have it all together? Fully understand. You know why this is happening, that is happening, etc., I would dare to say that uh, there are none that fully understand what's happening and that many times we're walking with our faces down. We're walking down from Jerusalem to Emmaus in our own lives and uh, we just can't quite figure it out. So they're having this conversation with each other 
And Jesus all of a sudden shows up. He just appears out of nowhere. And they don't recognize him. And as I said Sunday, I just believe they didn't recognize him because they were so caught up in their stuff. They were so caught up with their experiences, uh, their lack of understanding. Uh, they, they were discouraged. We do it all the time. We, we get caught up. We can't see clearly. Our eyes are clouded over. Things are blurry. Things are foggy. Jesus will show up and we, we, just, don't even, we just don't even know he's there. Now, he can show up in a variety of ways. Obviously, here, he showed up, uh, he himself showed up, but Jesus can show up uh, through a person. He can show up through his word as we read and study his word. He can show up through a circumstance if we pay attention to the circumstances and realize, oh my gosh, how did I miss that? He can show up in a multitude of ways if we will have our eyes open. They just did not have their eyes open. They did not have their resurrection eyes open to see that it was Jesus. And so he's asking them the question, hey, what is it you're discussing while you're walking along the road here? And, and they're going, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Are you the only one around here who doesn't know what's going on? Don't you know about the things that have happened? And I love this. I mean, I can't, I can't help but just bring this up again. Jesus says, what things? Are you kidding me? What things? Like, as if Jesus didn't know. What things? Of course, Jesus knew. Jesus knows in our own lives. He'll ask us these questions. He'll ask us, what's going on? What's happening? What things are taking place in your life to cause your face to be so downcast? As if he didn't know. I think he's giving us the opportunity opportunity to voice it, to verbalize what's going in our lives. When we verbalize things so often, it's as if we're confessing. Because we are coming into agreement with that which Jesus already knows. And so, in this case, they begin to share with him about all that had happened. And they talk about this one Jesus, with Jesus standing there, of course. It's amazing. But they're talking about all that had happened and all that led to Jesus dying on the cross and the fact that his body had been taken down and that the women had followed him and they knew where they put his body and, and on and on. And then all of a sudden, on this particular day, the very day, resurrection day, they'd heard that the women had gone to the tomb, that the body was gone, the stone was rolled away, and they're just trying to go, what in the world is going on? What's, what's up? They can't make sense of it. And they're telling Jesus all about this. And finally, Jesus breaks in. He finally breaks in. And he says this, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Now, I'll be honest with you. This is convicting to me. Because I look at that, and I think about, really, how foolish I am many times when I'm, you know, I've been raised in the church. I've gone to Bible studies. I've gone to, you know, I've gone to children's Sunday school. I've gone to scripture memory classes. I've gone to church every time the door was open, it seemed like, when I was growing up. All these kind of things. I've heard sermons after sermons. I've heard all sorts of things. I've read a lot of scripture, but there are times it's, it's as if I've never read it before. As if I just didn't get it. And so, uh, here... It's, it's that way, Jesus says, how foolish you are. And I just wonder if, if he doesn't say that to me. How foolish you are, Rick. You should know better. Church, how foolish you are. Asbury, you should know better. You've been taught. You've read. How foolish you are. Anyone who happens to be out there who's had any access to holy writ, holy scripture. What, 
What have you been reading? Have you not understood? Have you not checked it out? Now, I, I get it that we don't understand all of Scripture. That's why we've got to have our noses in the book. But not just for information, but for transformation, because we have the one who is offering transformation right there, right there, willing to share with them something that they just had never perceived before. They did not get, as Jesus said in his question, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? You know, they were complaining that they thought Jesus was the one. He had died. They put him in a tomb. We thought he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Well, as I said Sunday, redemption came because of Jesus' death. There is no atonement without the shedding of blood. There is no redemption without the cross. We maybe don't get that in our culture, but we have to look at it that we have to see that the work of the cross, what Jesus did on the cross, brought about redemption. He died for our sins. He took our place. And so that as we place our faith in him, we are then redeemed. He has paid the price for our sins. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? Absolutely. They should have known that. He told them time and time again. We should know these things. Think about this, church. Think about this, anyone who's listening. How many times have we heard these things? How many times have we read these things? And how many times have we missed it where we just didn't get it? We weren't paying attention to whatever it is that Jesus is referencing, but specifically the cross. And we should know better that it's the cross that brings about redemption. So when we begin to think that we're no longer, that we're not redeemed people, we have to take, we have to reorient ourselves. We have to recenter. We have to refocus, get our eyes back upon Jesus who died on that cross for us. See, what Jesus then did with these disciples, these two people, one's named Clopas, probably his wife. We're not exactly sure. He began to, uh, from Moses and all the prophets, he began to explain the scriptures to them. My goodness. What, what would you give for Jesus to lead a Bible study? Just like he did here. What? I mean, my goodness. But he is. He's given us his word. We have his word and it's, it's, it's his holy word. It's his Holy Spirit who, who speaks to us. It's Jesus speaking to us through his Holy Spirit, through his word. And so it's available for us. We have the Bible. We have Holy Scripture here. We can learn from him if we will open our eyes and open our ears and listen as he explains to us all about Scripture and what it has to say concerning himself. And so all of a sudden, we see these two, you can just see it in there. Their, their eyes are opening, their ears are opening. It's like, who is this guy? What's going on? What? And, and so they're, they're walking to the village. They're getting to the village. They're getting to their home. Jesus is acting as if he's going to walk on. And they say, oh, no, 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 please stay with us. Stay with us. The, the day is almost over. You remember the day this day, resurrection, they're talking about this resurrection day is about over. They didn't realize that it was maybe only the beginning just for them. So they invite Jesus into their home, and he's at the table. And what does he do? He does what the host is supposed to do. Jesus now becomes the host. He takes the bread. He gives thanks. He breaks it, and he gives it to them. And just as soon as he gave that bread to them, their eyes were opened. They recognized him, and he disappears from their sight. Oh, my gosh. How awesome is that? I mean, when we spend time with Jesus, he offers himself to us. Our eyes are open. We recognize him. 
And he so often moves on in this sense so that they can come to grips with what just happened. And, and so here they are trying to sort it out and they're looking at each other and, and their eyes are, are just, you know, they're, they're just wide open. Uh, it's not like Jesus wasn't present with them through his spirit, but he left. He, he's got other things to do here yet, folks, before he ascends. And so he spent this time with them, and, and here they say, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the roads and opened the scriptures to us? Are you interested in that? Your heart that would burn because Jesus spent time with you as you spent time in his word, as he opened the scripture to you. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, his heart was strangely warmed when he heard even just the preface to the book of Romans being read on a street called Aldersgate, May 24, 1738. And his life was turned around. Faith became such a role in his life. He was transformed. His heart was strangely warmed as the scriptures were being read and Jesus came alive to him. Friends, our hearts can be strangely warmed. Our hearts can burn within us. I pray, I pray that you would pay attention. Pay attention. Jesus is walking alongside you. Jesus shows up at times when you least expect him. Jesus is there for you. He wants to walk alongside you. He asks, what are you discussing? And he's happy to share with you the answers to your questions about the discussion. Why? Because he is the answer. Let your hearts burn for Jesus. Let it be so. Let it be so. Thanks for taking time to listen to Let's Chat, Asbury's weekly podcast dedicated to discussing the Sunday sermon. We invite you to worship with us on Sunday mornings or anytime via the website at www.asburychurch.org on YouTube or Facebook. Then let us know what you think about the sermon on the Sermon Discussion Facebook page. Have a wonderful day and God bless.